Please listen carefully. Hello, universe, and welcome to the Optimist Daily Update. I'm Christy Jansen. And I'm Summers McKay. And we are part of the team behind the Optimist Daily, making solutions the news. We bring you reader-funded solutions news every day in order to change the tenor of news media, social media, and the direction of your day to help us all get focused on solutions. Seven days a week, we publish positive news stories written by award-winning journalists and delivered online to your inbox and through our social channels. And also, we're sharing these solutions in a commute-worthy, walk-worthy, home office-worthy, Cinco de Mayo-worthy podcast. Today is Thursday, the 5th of May, 2022. Feliz Cinco de Mayo, Christy. ¿Cómo estás? Uh, I'm I'm well. How are you? <laughs> Happy Cinco de Mayo. I'm good. I'm definitely having a margarita today. But yes, I. it seems like we celebrated, you know, May the 4th be with you yesterday, and today it's Cinco de Mayo. I'm feeling very festive and excited for spring. I'm going to be in California this weekend, so I'm in a good mood. I'm feeling excited. On my walk this morning with the dog and the baby, we spread wildflower seeds. So, you know, definitely feeling good about the world. And it's no mow May, right? Exactly. It's no mow May. So don't mow. Or if you have like an area of your yard, you don't have to mow. Don't mow (laughs) it, please. Or if you own the house that I'm currently renting, tell your guy and stop mowing. (laughs) How's the world looking? Well, I I, honestly have a a short morning this morning because I have we're we're looking at new office space for uh, headquarters, and I have a lot mm-hmm. of uh, work to do there. Plus, I have a new archivist coming on board that I have to get trained. So, so let's just get to it. If you're in a hurry, let's do it. Plus, my life is not that interesting. So, <laughs> let's look at the headlines on the Optimist Daily. Okay, and I will. I'll go first. Is that okay? I'm ready for it because I wanted to talk about. A new law, which is being proposed in the EU, which proposes the largest ban on toxic chemicals to date. This is something I think is so important, and we do not pay enough attention to it in the general media. We talk a lot about climate change, human-caused climate change. We talk about carbon in the atmosphere and fossil fuels, super awful. We talk about plastic pollution and plastics overtaking this planet. There's something that Also, we really should worry about, and I don't want to be like Cassandra, but it is an issue, which is chemical pollution. And according to a report published earlier this year, we have actually crossed the planetary boundary, which has destabilized the Earth's environment because of the chemical pollution that is also a human-caused activity. There are hundreds of thousands of potentially dangerous synthetic chemicals that are pervading the planet. And they are threatening mm-hmm. essential ecosystems, threatening our reproductive systems. Every living species depends on these systems working in a balanced kind of way for their survival. And it is a bit scary if you think about it, because the excess of synthetic chemical pollution is believed to be responsible in part for up to 2 million human deaths per year, not counting all the other yeah. animals, which are perishing to this. It's linked to declining human fertility rates, and it has been pushing many species to the brink of extinction. That's the problem. (laughs) It's a big one. Christy, what is synthetic chemical pollution? For those of us who might not be aware, what is it? It can be almost anything, but we talk a lot about the PFAs, which is a kind of chemical that it stabilizes plastics and it, it stabilizes, it's a stabilizer. 
but it's so stabilizing that it doesn't ever break down. So it ends up being in everything and it is linked to cancers. Mm -hmm. okay. It's linked to other disruptive aspects in our endocrine system. So these are things which would not occur in nature, but have been recombined. Different types of chemicals get combined because they have then properties which make our products more useful. So like the firmness in a plastic bottle, for example, and pesticides, which are linked to cancers. They're linked to obesity, diabetes, other problems, asthma, not to mention, you know, declines in sperm count and starting menses when you're like nine. And, you know, it's, it's changing. It's changing the way our bodies work. And it's changing the way that other mammals and other animals. And yeah. Other if we see it in human bodies, obviously other mammals' bodies are equally being Yeah, affected. exactly. Okay. Thank you. So that's the, the challenge. And it's a big one. But to tackle this issue and curb the negative effects, the EU is becoming a leader in challenging these situations by creating a they're proposing right now something called a restrictions roadmap that will restrict harmful chemicals by using existing laws to outlaw toxic substances that are linked to cancers, hormonal disruptions, repotoxic disorders, that's like reproduction, which has gone crazy, obesity, diabetes, many other illnesses. And according to industry groups, up to 12,000 substances might be affected by these restrictions. And these are just using laws which are already on the books, but it's by systematically enforcing these laws and actually making it less easy to disobey these uh, regulations and, and getting organized. But uh, the European Environmental Bureau says that this will potentially become the world's largest ever ban of toxic chemicals by really, and doing it in a comprehensive, systematic way, better than a piecemeal approach, which has not been effective at all. To quote the Bureau's chemical policy manager, Titania Santos, EU chemical controls are usually achingly slow, but the EU is planning the boldest detox we've ever seen. Petrochemical industry lobbyists are shocked at what is now on the table because it promises to improve the safety of almost all manufactured products and rapidly lower the chemical intensity in our schools, our homes, and our workplaces. So I, I just think this is a super important. But you talked about that it, it makes it less easy to disobey these regulations, but it also will chart the path on how to make it easier to obey. So giving the tools in both directions right. allows for alternative tools and things that we use that I think is really, really important. You know, just being aware of forever chemicals, just being aware that there is synthetic chemical pollution is so important and calling it to attention like this is really, really valuable. It's all about working together, mm -hmm. which is what my article is about. <laughs> <laughs> We're on the earth beat here on Cinco de Mayo. If we want to save coral reefs, nations must collaborate to protect them. If left unchecked, the effects of climate change and pollution could erode around 70 to 90 percent of coral reef habitats. In response to that alarming news about just how vulnerable these crucial marine habitats are, researchers around the world have focused a lot of their energy on coming up with different creative approaches on saving coral reefs. We've covered tons of them on The Optimist Daily. Some of the ideas that have been implemented include adding 3D printed structures in the oceans, using AI technology, and integrating resilient lab-grown coral. But now, a new study led by the researchers at Florida Tech 
has come up with another effective strategy for saving the corals from the effect of climate change, the establishment of multinational networks of protected reef areas. While traditional marine reserves were commonly designed to prevent overharvesting, the study recommends the establishment of networks of huge mesoscale multinational sanctuaries to preserve the genetic diversity necessary to fuel evolutionary adaptation. That is a quote from Rob Van Wosick, professor and director at the Institute for Global Ecology. His partner, Tom Schlesinger, is also quoted as saying, there are several examples of such large multinational networks of protected areas on land. So let's do it in the ocean, basically. And we need to make similar efforts in the ocean. I think this is so important. If you think about it, we're, we've been talking about drawdown of carbon and plants. We talked about plants, mm -hmm. I think, yesterday. Mm -hmm. The oceans are full of life, which are also carbon sinks. And we need to protect these areas. Yep. I read an article yesterday about kelp. And as the oceans heat, the kelp forests are the next forests we have to really think about saving. Mm -hmm. They need to be protected. Yeah. Yeah. But and this is about not kelp, rather, but coral reefs. Yes. Yeah, so we've written about the Eastern Tropical Pacific Marine Corridor, a multinational marine reserve spanning the waters of Panama, Ecuador, Colombia, and Costa Rica, which is a step in the right direction. However, of course, according to the study, more nations need to get on board. I love the idea that, you know, we are the world is the solution here, that we just need to work together to save for a better day. But the idea that we would have multinational wildlife preserves and have them in the ocean makes perfect sense. The resources are available and coordinating efforts, technology, information, mm -hmm. data, and policy decisions mm -hmm. across national lines makes great sense. Yeah, it's because everything's interconnected. Solutions are not siloed, neither are the problems. And part of how we get around that is by coming up with these sort of systemic and multinational collaborations mm -hmm. to to treat these what they are, which is massive reservoirs of resources. Well, I am delighted that on this Cinco de Mayo, I actually get to hang out in the Pacific Ocean, my old favorite <laughs> ocean, while, I, uh, while I'm while in California. So Christy, I look forward to seeing you. Yes. Everybody, too. we've got some more great headlines. This floating neighborhood will protect residents from sea level rise. Organic food can be expensive. Here are the foods you should prioritize. To breakfast or not to breakfast? Question mark. Scientists weigh in. New Northern Irish law will protect victims of domestic violence. Pitch is important in the mating songs of male wood frogs. That and more on today's Optimist Daily. Thanks, everybody, for listening to the Optimist Daily Update. We promise to keep sharing positive solution-based stories with ideas on how you can participate in the changing world. If you haven't already done so, please consider becoming an emissary at theoptimistdaily.com and you can help support reader-funded independent journalism for just $5 a month. To support us for free, please share our stories on your social media feeds, forward a story to a friend, make sure to leave us a positive review on our podcast on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen. Share what we do at The Optimist Daily far and wide and help us keep The Optimist Daily going by being a part of that solution-changing consciousness that addresses our world's biggest challenges with a problem-solving mindset. Thanks, everybody, for being here, and we'll be back tomorrow with more solutions.